it seems like music can just do something to our soul, right? You could be in a great mood and maybe you listen to a sad song and it can bring you down. Or maybe you can be not having a great day and listen to something that really lifts you up. It's so powerful and so meaningful to us. But there's actually science that determines which artist is the happiest and which artist is the saddest. We're going to find who those artists are and what makes them so popular for fitting into those specific genres. Our guest is a music historian and the host of Ongoing History of new music, Alan Cross. Alan, thanks so much for making the time. Really appreciate you being here. Oh, you're welcome. Let's see what we can do with this. I, I'm so curious about this because you have found, based on science, who is the happiest artist and who is the saddest. So we, before we reveal exactly who those artists are, talk a little bit about some of the research that went into determining who exactly is the happiest and who is not. Okay, this is based on something called the NRC Emotion Lexicon. That is something from the National Research Council that lists associations of words with eight common emotions. Uh, those emotions are anger, fear, anticipation, trust, surprise, sadness, hmm. joy, and disgust. And then we can also have two sentiments, negative and positive. Okay. So what this w website called Crossword Solver, uh, which is exactly what it sounds like, it's a, it's a site we can go to if you can't figure out a crossword puzzle uh, clue. <laughs> what they did was they looked at the 120 most streamed artists on Spotify and the 1,000 most streamed songs. So it's a fairly small um, subset of what everybody is listening to. Okay. But it's still something that we can get some, some results out of. So what they did was they applied the NRC emotion lexicon to the lyrical con content of a variety of artists. And they determined using that how positive or how sad a particular artist's songs were. And so I, I'm curious to know who who came out on top and whether or not being a happy artist or a sad artist makes you more or less popular. So who, Alan, was the saddest artist based on this research? Okay, the saddest artist by far was Billie Eilish because about 18% of the words in her, her lyrics qualify as being sad hmm. according to the National Research Council's emotion lexicon. Uh, meanwhile, at the other end of the scale, we have Olivia Rodrigo. She is the happiest artist on the charts right now, with almost 25% positivity in her lyrics. So if you're looking for a boost, you might want to listen to her. If you feel like somebody, uh, you need somebody to, to commiserate with, you might want to listen to, to Billie Eilish. The most positive song ever, according, well, in the study, was Maroon 5 and their song, What Lovers Do, 72% happiest song on the charts. And the saddest song is Kendrick Lamar's Humble, which is 51.3% sad. It's interesting that it's not a song that I would immediately associate with being a sad song. You know, it's not a heartbreaky kind of I'm singing about being sad, at least on the surface. So it's really interesting to think that maybe the music that you're listening to without you necessarily realizing it might be impacting your mood. And now based on this, you can sort of figure out why that might be. Yeah, I mean, this is very scientific. It's very clinical. And I mean, there are certain songs that will make you sad, even though they're written in a major key and sound pretty happy. Meanwhile, there are sad songs that make you feel better 
uh, even though they're written in a minor key and are all about uh, gloom and doom. It, it's very difficult. It's easier to write a sad song, I think, because that emotion is just something you can, you know, it's very personal, you can pour it out. Mm. Uh, but it's also very difficult in, in to write a sad song where it doesn't sound like you're moaning and it's, it's, it's a, a song that brings in other people into your emotional orbit. Right. So, uh, and then happy songs. I can't really. Uh, happy songs are, 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 you know, just happy. I'm wondering which one is more popular because our music, our music tastes really change over time and kind of adapt to what's going on in in our world. I mean, I think about some of the music that was released during COVID, and it was sort of background kind of elevator type sounding music you would maybe just turn on in the background of your home, right? Not necessarily a banger that you're going to want to go and see on tour. So, it, where where does our taste sort of lie right now? Are we are we enjoying sadder music right now as consumers, or are we more leaning towards happy music? It's unclear. Things tend to go in um, in cycles. Uh, my experience has been that when the days get shorter and the nights get colder, then we sort of, you know, cocoon and and turn inward. But when sure. this spring comes along and the you know, the leaves start coming out and the sun starts shining and things start getting warmer, we uh, we tend to look for for happier songs. If you look, for example, at songs that chart summer versus winter. I think you'll find that summer songs are generally more major key and more up-tempo and happier than what you would get in the winter. Hmm. Alan, thank you so much for breaking that down for us. I really appreciate your time this afternoon. Oh, you're welcome. Take care. That's Alan Cross, music historian, host of the ongoing history of new music, talking about science, saying that Billie Eilish is the saddest artist and Olivia Rodrigo is the happiest.